the startup capital of the UK, Silicon Valley by the sea. Brighton is home to some of the most creative minds developing disruptive and purpose-led businesses. You're listening to the Brighton Startup Podcast, the show that brings you exclusive interviews with the founders, CEOs, and investors of the most exciting Brighton businesses today. With your host, Christina Perichetti. Let's get started. Today, we'll be talking to Victoria Green, 2018's Small Business of the Year at the Great British Entrepreneur Awards and founder of Victoria Green, the only UK company specialising in beauty bags with a focus on functionality and practicality. They currently sell over 100,000 units per year globally. So Victoria. Hello. Please fill in the gaps to that intro. Well, I run a, a, a business that sells beauty bags. We call them beauty bags, wash bags and makeup bags. Um, and we've been going since 2014. And as you say, we sell 100,000 units a year. It's all been going very, very well, um, with a few ups and downs on the way, obviously. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so what does a day in the life of you look like? Um, it's so varied. That's what I love about being a business owner is that one day I'll be working with my marketing manager on the uh, social media feeds or we might be videoing for the website um, or another day I'll have my head in a spreadsheet and I'll be looking at, you know, stock control and um, costs and then another day I'll be talking to my supplier in China or India. So it's just, it's, it's really, really varied. So take us back to the first moment that you thought of the idea for Victoria Green. I'm, I've got a design background, so I've always wanted to um, start my own product range. And uh, I was working as a designer for people like M&S, John Lewis, uh, Debenhams, amongst others, designing beauty ranges for them. But I always wanted to have my own range of something. And then the, the opportunity just presented itself, really, if I'm honest, um, in that uh, a, a retailer I was working with uh, they had a supplier that I'd worked with for many years and just it kind of all sort of dovetailed mm -hmm. to give me this opportunity and I just ran with it. I thought I've got the opportunity here to put my name to something and to sell it and to do my own thing rather than kind of working with buyers and working as a team, which I enjoyed as well, but it was just a really nice way to kind of put my own name to something. So uh, the opportunity came up and I just ran with it. And I was very fortunate in the early days because I contacted um, a really large retailer and they said, brilliant, yeah, we'll have 15,000, please. Wow. <laughs> of the first range. And then the next order, I think, was something like 50,000. And then it just went from there. You know, it was just kind of went from naught to 100 very, very yeah. quickly, which was brilliant. So you always wanted to design your own range. Did you always want to run your own business as well? Or did you kind of think about that aspect of it at that point? I didn't really think about it. I, I just, having worked behind the scenes for so many years, I kind of just wanted to 
have my own say on my own product mm -hmm. because when you work in a team as everybody knows you know you compromise and some pe people might come up with ideas that you're not necessarily agree with and you think to yourself oh if I if I could do it by myself I'd definitely do it better <laughs> <laughs> and it was kind of putting that to the test really so it was more from a I approached it more from a product point of view that I wanted to get that product out there that I knew that product would would sell it and I saw the gap for my product yeah. and I saw what I could do differently in that marketplace that I knew really well so it was that was my starting point and um, and the business, I mean, it was literally like I got this massive order and I was kind of just Googling shipping terms. You know, <laughs> what is FOB and how do I ship something from China? I was literally on Google um, asking those questions. You know, how do I work out margin? <laughs> you know, it was literally kind of that basic when I first started. Um, and, but, but... And, and I've always been very creative and I've always designed and that's been my kind of only creative outpouring, I suppose. But being a business owner, what's been really nice is that I really enjoy the right-hand side brain side of things as well. So actually, you know, I can lose myself in a spreadsheet nowadays for hours. <laughs> Um, which has which has been um, really interesting, and, and now I think it would be really hard for me to go back to just designing, mm. because what I love is, you know, being so. Um, we we can change direction so quickly. We can, you know, we if we change something on the website, we can literally do it in five minutes. So we can kind of change something, test it, see how our customers are reacting within you know a day yeah. rather than as a designer you design something you sell it and then you never really hear anything again you get to <laughs> you see know? the process from start yeah, to finish yeah you do so you started the business you obviously had a bit of uh, good news straight from the beginning and it was yeah. smooth sailing from there mm -hmm. i'm sure you had some bad moments in business too <laughs> so tell us about your worst moment uh, within your business to date there ha there've been so many bad moments <laughs> and so many moments where I thought well well this is it I mean I just can't see where where this is going now and um that's it I'm gonna have to fold the business and you know but I, I think that the probably recently the worst moment was um the fact that our largest retailer who was Debenhams went into administration and that meant that we couldn't um, get any credit on their orders. So we factor all our invoices. We, we couldn't uh, get any credit. And I thought that was the end of the business because we, we couldn't fund their orders anymore. Um, and so that, that was really tricky. But I found a workaround in that I um, managed to get a distributor to buy in the stock which then went to Debenhams so we kind of worked around it that way and then funded those invoices if you see what I mean um but but that that was the point where I thought we're, we're going to fold but actually interestingly anything that comes up like that that you think is the absolute end of the world it always 
you know, from, from that, I mean, I've always known that we had a lot of eggs in one basket, in one big basket. And I've always been worried about the influence that these big retailers can have because for a small business like mine, if you're relying on one or even two big retailers, literally a buyer can change, somebody can change their mind and you've lost your business or you've lost half your sales. So um, even though I've always known it was a danger, it really concentrated my mind in, and it made me approach my business in a different way of thinking, okay, well, if we can't rely on large retailers anymore, which I think that's the way it's going, then what are our other channels and how can we increase our run rate? And that's been my focus over the last sort of year. Um, and now we're onboarding with three global um, platforms. We're selling in Europe now. Um, we're just about to onboard with a global um, platform. And we've onboarded with two other, we've onboarded with Ocado and Simply B. And again, it's just kind of working with those kind of smaller platforms, which I sort of discounted really in the beginning because the compared to my large retailers, the quantities were so small. But, but now I'm looking at it more holistically and looking at building up those smaller channels rather than you know, just focusing on one. Mm, just like you've turned that kind of hurdle into an opportunity, which is... Yes. Yeah. And also, you know, being a small business, and we, we operate in a really lean way, we can turn things around really quickly. Um, and that's our advantage that we have over kind of a larger company yeah. in that we can really quickly kind of move to another sort of... Um, model really because that I mean you know and we can react to market changes really quickly. So you've been in this industry for a long time now what, are, what what's your perspective on, on retail over the next 10 years what do you think? I, it's really exciting I think what's happening with retail and you know don't get me wrong I don't feel like we're on the front foot of this at all I feel like we're constantly reacting but um you know, obviously, retailers are going to have to do something a lot more interesting to get shoppers through the front door. Um, so these, you know, I myself, I buy everything on Amazon because why wouldn't you? It's really quick. It's delivered to your door the next day. And I don't go shopping. And if I... So those retailers are going to have to work really, really hard to get me into their into their um, spaces because I don't have the time to browse or, you know, and I, I don't have the patience for a badly merchandised store. If I go, if I shop, I want to be inspired and beguiled by the retail experience. Yeah, so behaviours are changing and they have to kind of catch up with what is it that consumers might want. Yes, absolutely, and, and don't get me wrong, it's, it's, you know, I think... It's easy to criticise these large retailers, um, but they're huge organisations and it's going to take them a long time to turn around and some of them won't, some of them won't be able to. Yeah. Um, but I think at the same time it's really interesting, the opportunities that then present themselves are really interesting. So, you know, as I say, we're working with more online platforms, but then also 
we're exploring how we make our brand come to life in another way. So we've done shopping events, so we did Stylist Live last year, we did This Morning Live, and it's kind of, okay, so in that setting where people come to shop, so, so maybe that's, going forward, that's maybe where people would will shop, they'll go to a, an event and shop, so there's, you know, there's Spirit of Christmas, for example, in London, where people go and they do all their Christmas shopping in one go, so maybe that's kind of one of the futures, um, and that presents an opportunity for retailers like myself, because we can go in and we can kind of make the brand come to life and develop personal relationships with our shoppers which is really interesting. I yeah, think. absolutely. It'll be really interesting to see where it goes. Yeah, right? the next and then, you know, pop-ups and, you know, but, that you know, that idea of consumers wanting to engage with the brand and engage personally with you and with, you know, I think that's, that's going to be really interesting over the next few years. So are you at the forefront of your brand? Obviously, it's called Victoria Green. Yeah. Do you, are you at the forefront in terms of your your personality, your character, is that, do you use that as part of your brand? Definitely, yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm, I'm well known amongst my family and friends for, um, uh, when, whenever I went travelling, you know, being like super organised and putting all my little things in little bags and people used to really um, take the mickey out of me for doing that. <laughs> so, yeah, it's to- it is totally about me, really. Um, so we work really hard to bring that to the fore. So again, you know, videos and because, you know, tapping into that, we've found that there there is, you know, a lot of people that are travelling more and more and that do want to get more and more organised and they're looking for solutions in order to do that. Um, I think in retrospect, would I call it my own name <laughs> would I be at the forefront I'm not sure oh really yeah. okay well just because it's you, a lot of pressure <laughs> a lot of pressure and you feel very exposed you know you you do you are taking on you know a brand now you know a few years ago you might be able to kind of hide behind it a little bit and also the thing is that consumers and customers can sniff out something that's not authentic in five milliseconds. So it's absolutely got to be authentic and real and come from a really kind of strong place. It, you know, you can't just kind of open a brand or, or start a brand and kind of hope for the best. It really, people do sniff that out. So yeah, it's quite exposing. Even though you have worldwide reach, your business is based in Brighton. So tell us about what made you decide to stay here and what's it like running your business from the city? I moved to Brighton on a whim. I was in London, moved to Brighton on a whim like so many people do. And um, I moved here just because I love the, I love the vibe. I, I, you know, it's, it's really easy to live here. Now, I've had children and they go to school here and it's just a great place to live. It's so close to London as well, which is really handy for me. So when I first moved down here, I was working as um, a freelance designer and consultant. So it was really important to me to be able to get up to meetings. Um, But for me, it was like living at the end of a tube line because it's literally 50 minutes into, into town. So, um, so that's what drew me to Brighton. And 
what's kept me here is the fact that I am able to run a successful business in a really lean way. So there, there are just two of us in the office. Everything else is outsourced. And it gives me a balance between my personal and my working life. I wouldn't, you know, lifestyle business is a bit of a dirty word. And I wouldn't say that I am a lifestyle business because it's hugely successful. We sell a lot of product and I have huge ambitions for the business in order to grow it. But I don't... I don't conform to the traditional model of your business is successful, therefore you get a big business, you employ lots of people, and then you, you know, I don't, I don't aspire to that. I don't aspire to a huge team. What I aspire to is um, my brand having uh, more reach, more of a global reach, and it being really successful. But I don't, I don't see that that equates. Oh, what am I trying to say? I suppose I'm, I, I don't um, subscribe to that traditional business model, and I don't see why I can't grow the business while keeping the things, these the things that are really important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I have a family. Um, I want to be around when my children come home from school. You know, all of that is really important to me as well. But I, I see businesses now are really blurring the lines between personal and business. So I work from home most of the time. And I, you know, I... I it's just a total non-issue for me. I just that that's just how it is, and I, I juggle everything. And if I've got something to do at three o'clock in the morning, I can go into my home office and do it. You know, it's it's it works really well for me. Other people might, you know, it has its own challenges. Yeah, of course. And I think you've put it perfectly. And more and more businesses are running their business in that way. Yes. But what's great is that more and more of them are doing it successfully. Like this is kind of the modern way to run yeah, a business. So absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I see millennials, I see the next generation. I've, I've always thought of our generation as quite pioneering in that, you know, these new way of work, this new way of working, it, that was all new. You know, 10 years ago, working from, even freelancing from your laptop was kind of quite, you know, out there, and um, so so now it's it's a kind of I just feel like it's a it's a new model and it's sort of exploring. For me, uh, since I started my business, it's been a, 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 a just exploring what works, what doesn't work. Okay, let's try try an office. Let's try and employ a few people. Does that work? Does that not work? So it's kind of, you know, just feeling through it and finding a way that's right, not only right for me, but right for my business. Um, And yeah, because I haven't really got, um, I haven't really got an example of this is, this is what I want to emulate. This is, oh, that business over there, that's what I want to be like. I'm kind of just feeling my way myself, which is exciting, but can be quite uncomfortable as well. Of course, yeah, you're kind of building <laughs> it in your own way from scratch. Right? Yes, yeah. yeah. But also building it in a way that, you know, um, 
part of um, my business journey was being encouraged to visualise what I wanted for my business. And I kept on coming back to the word family, as in uh, my family, you know, what was important to me, but also creating a, a family environment for my employees and, you know, and, and, and then bringing that through to my product and how we present ourselves and our customers and creating that very sort of transparent feeling about the whole business, not just about how I want to live, but actually, you know, okay, that, that's how it starts, but also let's follow that through into how we talk to our customers. You know, I deal with my customer inquiries myself and that's always been really important to me. I could farm it out easily, but I feel like if somebody contacts Victoria Green, then I want to talk to them and I want to find out, okay, so you're returning that product, could you tell me why? And, you know, let's have a chat about it and that might help me improve the products next time. I, I kind of feel like that's really essential. It's it, almost like it's the easiest part to farm out and it's the most annoying part sometimes, but also that's the, the thing that makes us grow as a business is our, um, our uh, relationship with our customers. So Victoria, what is the one principle that you live by, business or personal, that drives your success? I would say the one thing that drives my success is learning because I didn't know anything about business when I first started. I was a designer and I literally, when I got that first order, I spent my life on Google, Googling things like how do you ship product from China or you know what, what these shipping terms are or what payment terms are. Um, I, I, had, I had no clue about any of it, but what I, I learned along the way was that you can gather that knowledge. So when I, I, I'd say that um, in my previous life, I would kind of see a, a, a problem or a challenge and think, oh, I don't know about that, and kind of brush it under the carpet. So now I embrace the things I don't know. I... Um, look at it as an opportunity to learn something or to bring somebody in with some expertise that I need. But I'm very clear about the gaps in my knowledge and identifying them and then looking to fill them. And I think that's probably the one thing. And, and I, you know, my whole team's like that. Um, so we're all looking for new things to learn. We enjoy learning. Um, so it's, it's kind of... Yeah, I mean, it is solution-focused, so we are looking to, for solutions to our challenges, but kind of enjoying that process along the way, Yeah, I'd say, is the, the I biggest like that. thing. Yeah. That's really important. Great. Uh, and Victoria, finally, what are you most excited about right now? Well, we always have new ranges coming out, and the, the newest range is always the one that I'm most excited about. So we've got a range of leopard print, beauty bags with uh, neon pops of neon um, wow. colour on the zips which is gorgeous so that and that's absolutely flying which is really exciting um, and but also you know where we've 
we've launched with two new platforms. So we've launched with Acado and Simply Be, which is really exciting. And we've also got three new global platforms that we're onboarding with at the moment. And I'm excited about where that takes us because I think that the landscape, retail landscape, is changing so much. And it's exciting to see um, how what, what we do with that, with our product area. If people want to find out more about your beauty bags, where do they go and what do they look for? Just Google us. So it's victoriagreen.com and all the information is on our website. Amazing. Victoria, it's been so great speaking to you and hearing about your story and how, how you're running your business. So thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you. You've been listening to the Brighton Startup Podcast. Be sure to check us out at brightonstartup.com and join us next week for another episode as we continue to discover Brighton's most exciting startups and the people behind them.